You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers, with our monthly check-in with Dr. David Earthley from Junior Miner Junkie with Y.com. Dave, welcome back onto Mining Stock Education. And in your most recent letter to subscribers, you have been adding to some positions, good positions you've already identified in the junior gold stock, stock sector. And I was thinking about that in relation to typically seasonally, we see around December 15th or thereabout, we get the bottom in the juniors with tax loss selling. But you're adding a couple weeks before that predictable bottom. Can you explain why, please? Sure. Um, I might be a little early, but, um, you know, because I mean, uh, we got the monthly close coming up here on Thursday and the gold price and, you know, for, you know, for some fantastical reason, it always gets beaten down right below 2000 on the very last day of, uh, of trading, uh, uh, on the monthly because the monthly close is, you know, is, is, is so closely watched by momentum traders and, and, you know, it's, it's the, the gold price has been beaten down now below 2008 of the last nine months, well, seven of the last eight months, and it's reached 2000 here again in the ninth month. But I digress here as far as the the, the stocks are concerned. I mean, um, if you take a look at um, the last three months, the the G, of the of trading in the GDX and the GDXJ, um, it's creating a, a, a bottom here. And um, if you take a look at the valuations, I mean, they're ridiculously undervalued in relation to the gold price. I mean, you know, I've been harping on that for, for what seems like years now. But um, as far as the as far as the the stocks in relation to the gold price, the, the juniors especially, um, they're really beaten down. And you know, tax loss selling really began uh, in in April of May, the last two years, um, especially in, in in the juniors. So, um, sure, there might be a little more downside on some of the ones that I added to, but um, I see the upside as, uh, you know, I, the risk is really to the upside now. Um, because if you take a look at, at what uh, at the volume spikes since the beginning of November, you see these huge volume spikes on up days and on down days, you're getting volume half these volume spikes. And that's that is hint that 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 is telling me that there's accumulation going on. Tax loss selling is drying up. Um, fund liquidations are, are drying up. You know the the, the funds that were that we're going to sell for tax loss and and, quor- and quarter end uh, book squaring, month end book squaring. I think most most of that is completed now. They're, they're finished, and it looks like a, a lot of the te- the tax loss selling is is finished. You know, each junior will bottom on its own volition. That they don't ring a bell when when it all dries up. So. Um, it looks to me like uh, the tax loss selling has has ended in in several of these stocks, and a, a good thing to uh, a good uh, thing to watch as far as um, knowing uh, having an inclination of of tax loss selling and fund redemption selling drying up in a stock is if you see a huge volume spike uh, in, in in a junior that normally doesn't trade with a lot of volume, you see a huge volume spike. And, um, this is most likely, you know, a a fund redemption finally getting out or tax loss selling, just finishing up in that stock. And sure enough, you see several of these juniors that had these volume spikes, they've had strong moves to the upside since then. Um, but look at the volume that's, that, that is, that, that is a, a, a really good tell for, 
um, if you're looking to to start to scale into some of these things, because you know bottom bottom fishing has been very dangerous for the past for the past year. Um, you know you keep at, you keep uh, averaging down on your accumulation, and um, it gets they always go lower than you expect. But then on the upside, when it turns around, you know when that algorithm switch flips in this sector, and it can do so on a dime even without uh, a, a major catalyst these things can move a lot faster than they went down. You know, it's, it's always better to be a little early, um, even, you know, six to eight months early than it is to be just a few weeks too late. And as you mentioned to me previously, we've been in a multi, multi, multi-year bear market, except for maybe two mini bull markets of like five to six months in uh, 2016. And then again in 2020, right? Yeah. I mean, since 2016, since the beginning of 2016, um, we've had two bull markets of about six months, pretty much, and um, followed by bear markets of about three years. So, you know, the windows could be very short, but they could be very lucrative because when they open, these the, these things can can run up, you know, five to ten times in just a few months. But you have to to, to be patient if you're accumulating and wait for that move to happen. And, um, you know, the gold price has been bumping up against that $2,000 level now for, for over three years. And, um, each time it gets beaten down there, you know, these, uh, anybody who's, who's already in stocks get, get discouraged and sell for tax laws. And those that are sitting on the sidelines just say, forget it. I'm not, I'm not going to bother getting into gold stocks right now because the stock market's going higher. You know, I can get 5% on my money just in the bank now. So why should I mess around with these high risk juniors? That and if if the if the if the majors aren't aren't going anywhere, then the juniors certainly aren't going where anywhere. So I'm just going to get out for tax loss, and I'll maybe take a look at it every once in a while or see what happens when when the gold price finally gets above two thousand. Then maybe I'll get back in. And um, I think that's that's already starting to happen with some of these stocks. You know, these savvy investors because that's basically all that's left in the in 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 the junior space right now is people that are familiar with the sector and professionals they're the only ones left in in this space because the the generalists left over a decade ago and they haven't returned so we need them to get back in um to to, to sop up some of this some of the some of these you know this these games that are that are taking place on bay street with with these stocks because you know uh, it, it hasn't mattered really how good your drill results are if you come out with bonanza, if you're an earlier stage company and you're coming out with bonanza grade results, and these professionals see how much money you have in the bank, and you've got less than you know eight months, six months of capital, they know you're going to raise. They're going to they're, they're going to sell your stock, you know, after the pop of the, of the bonanza grade results, and they're going to keep selling it because they know that if they push it down low enough and they like what what, what the company's doing, they can get into a private placement and get a, a half or even a full warrant. And, and now some of these full warrants are being offered for two, two for, for three and th- three to five years. And they can get in um, a lot cheaper and have an option to get a lot more with at no cost to them. So that's what they're doing. And, you know, the retail, the, the retail speculator that remains in this sector, you know, continues to watch their stocks go lower because of this. And these games are going to be continued to be played until somebody calls them on it, meaning um, investors come in and, and see the dichotomy, to see they see the, the undervaluation of these stocks, 
and they understand that, hey, look, gold price is breaking out and look how cheap these things are. I'm going to get in. And that's when that algorithm switch flips and, you know, these shorts that have been shorting these miners and they've been keeping, they've been forcing them down. They have to cover because you have to cover a short to make a profit. And then all it takes is that that switch to flip. It happened in 2016, the second week of 2016. I mean, the, the miners were kind of doing the same thing they're doing now back in late 2015. They were building this long base for about six months and tax loss selling had ended. So, you know, these speculators were getting into these stocks saying, wow, look, I mean, this, this, this base is being created. These things are, are really going to move and they're going to move fast. But the head, but but there was one more trick up its sleeve. We had a, a we had a, a move down on, on, on in the second during the second week of of uh, 2016. A move down after building that six month base, sharp move down. It got a lot of people out of position that were accumulating stocks for the past six months. They're like, oh, it's going to be another move down. I got to get out. Well, it it didn't even wait around for the next day to reverse. It was an intraday reversal. And then the the index moved up. Um, it, you, you had stocks go up five, ten times within six months, and and the people that 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 were that were tricked out of of their positions during that during that quick bear trap, you know, they were just stuck watching because they were scared to get back in, thinking it was going to reverse again. So um, this th that's that's what this sector can do to you. You know, it can, it can frustrate you no end. You're pulling your hair out. And you're and you're accumulating these things, and they get just get cheaper than, and cheaper than you expected them to get, and then you give up, and it's and it seems like as soon almost to the day that you give up, it turns around. Um, I've had it happen to me, in the, uh, you know, in the, in the past when I first started to get into this sector, but you know, I mean, that's that that's what's great about this sector. You know, it's basically, um, you know, it's 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 the most difficult and most frustrating sector in the world. To make an easy living because if you get you know if you, even if you get close to that window get in early and hold on you could do really really well in a short amount of time dave even during those like three-year bear cycles that we've seen in the last uh six seven years that you referenced there are cycles within that in which you can predictably make money so for example the season we're entering like the second third week of december the next 60 days, you can usually do 50 to 100% right. in a stock in a junior. Do you ever play that seasonality in this sector? I did in the past when it was just me, but now that I have a newsletter. You, you don't want to create the market for a little junior. I do I do not. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly that's exactly right. You know, I'm accumulating these stocks with my subscribers because I believe them to be undervalued and I believe them to have three to three to 10 times upside potential within the next two years. And, um, you know, that's what I'm promoting and that's what I'm doing myself. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not trading them. You know, I, I I'm accumulating and that's the best way to, that's the best way to make money is you accumulate at, you know, at, at the bottom and, and, and what, of course this bottom has taken a long time because basically the mining sector, the GDX and the GDXJ, the major miners, the mid tiers, the you know the royalty streaming companies, they bottomed last September, okay, but the juniors continued to go lower. So we you know that the GDX and GDXJ are 35, 40 percent higher than they were back in September of last year. 
But a lot of these juniors have continued to go lower, and many of them with with really good projects and really good jurisdictions that are even close to the finance stage or, or, or at the feasibility stage, you know, they're trading at their 2016, 2017 lows, or even you know, some of them even lower. So, um, you know, you, you accumulate a basket of these things and all it takes is one or two of them to have that, you know, 10, 15 times move. And you're going to do really well, even though you're going to still hold a, you know, a, a several clunkers that, that aren't going to go anywhere that, um, don't get the financing. You know, that's the thing right now is the capital, you know, the capital markets have frozen up for, for a lot of these exploration companies. You know, if you don't have, if you're not fully funded for next year, forget it. Your stock's being sit on right now. I don't care what kind of results you're coming out with. Your stock's being sit on right now. So, um, and it's, it's very difficult to raise money in this environment. I mean, a, a lot of these companies, even with, with the great projects that are, you know, that, that had a lot of buzz, you know, at, at, at the recent conferences, you know, people were talking about them, you know, um, that they announce a finance and I talk with them at these meetings and they tell me they're going to raise, that they're going to raise a certain amount of money at the end of the year. Well, it comes to the end of the year and they, and they're out there now a raise up for, for half of what they intended to raise and they have to attach a full three-year warrant to try to get it. So that's how tight this, this sector is right now for money. So you have to be very, very careful and you have to be very, very selective. But if you, but if you know what you're doing, um, like I think I do, and, and you know, this, this is a good time to invest in a newsletter to try to help you to get into the right ones because there's, you know, there, there, there's, a, there's a difference between getting in at the bottom and getting into the right stocks at the bottom. Because you know that when, when this uh, algorithm switch flips again, um, with, at that I believe it's about to imminently do, like it did in early 2016. Maybe this time some of these companies won't start moving up with the quality companies because they can't get financed. You know, last when it happened in 2016, you know, the finance window opened for everybody. So that's why a lot of these lifestyle juniors were able to hang around. Everybody got financed. But this time, and I hope, hope I'm hoping it doesn't happen because a lot of these companies need to go away. Um, so, you know, it's going to be, it might be more selective this time on which one of these stocks pop. Dave, I had a, a listener write in and say, why are you speculating on all these small juniors? If you think you can get the cycle right, why don't you just buy calls and puts on GDXJ and not have the specific company risk? And I'm not going to, there is some thought to that, uh, you mm -hmm. know, but uh, what would be your response to something like that? Well, because I think there's more money to be made if you, if, if you get into the right companies. And for me, it's a lot more fun also you know? <laughs> because, you know, that's, that, that's what I do. You know, I, I talk because I believe in these companies and, you know, I've gotten into good relationships with their management team. And I feel like, you know, if they're successful, I'm successful and we're sharing in their success together. And, you know, it's, it's more of a human thing. If you're just doing it to try to make money, then, you know, it's more of a robotic thing. And it's just, Hey, I'm just, you know, I'm going to do, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to buy some puts or I'm going to, or I'm going to buy some calls or whatever. And I'm, I'm going to try to option trade this whole sector. You know, you kind of buy yourself doing this in a, doing this in a, in a little room 
and you're not out there interacting with the people that are actually, you know, going out, you know, in the bush and 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 trying to go from discovery to um to feasibility to construction to production. That's very difficult to do. And if you could go along for the ride with them on, on uh, you know, on a couple of successful ones, that feels really, really good. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's what life's all about. You know, it's not about just making money. It's about making, making money along with other people that have the same goal in what they're trying to do. And cause, cause you know, mining is extremely difficult. I mean, I mean, like one out of one discovery out of 3000 becomes a mine. I mean, it's really, really difficult. So when it happens, it feels really, really good. And, you know, it's a, it, it's a huge sense of accomplishment. And if you put your trust and faith in the right people and go along for the ride along with them, you know, it's a lot more satisfactory. So Dave, would you agree with those that say when you invest in one of these little gold juniors, you're essentially buying a call option on management and, or maybe management and a, a project because there is like, the time premium and the expiry, because like you said, you could buy the stock yeah. at 80 cents and then it could get shorted and sold down to 10 cents where they recapitalize. And you know, you didn't lose everything, but you lost near everything. Yeah. I mean, you just have to, you just, that's why you have to, to, to be on top of what they're doing and be on, because I look at charts every day of my life, even on vacation, I'm probably looking at charts. So, you know, I follow these things really, really close. I'm really close with the, with the management teams. You know, the, I know the ones that, that, that are, you know, that, that are not just in it for the money that they, they're passionate about what they're doing. You know, they're, they are aligned with shareholders. They're buying stock in the open market. They're buying stock in the placements. You know, they're raising the money at the right times and they're focused more on their, their focus is on less dilution because this is a capital intensive business. And it's a highly diluted business because, you know, these juniors that, that that we're speculating in, the ones that aren't growth oriented producers already, you know, they're, they're, they're just burning matches. I mean, they have to, they have to continue to raise capital and dilute shareholders and put it in the ground and hopefully, you know, you know, be progressive in what they're doing and, um, be attractive, be attractive enough to attract investors to go along for the ride with them. And that's getting more and more difficult to do as the generalists continue to stay out of the sector and resource speculators that are already in the sector have been in the sector for a long time. Even some of those are, uh, many of those are getting frustrated and, and getting out. So A, it presents an opportunity, but B, you have to be super patient and you have to be in the right companies with your patients. And this is why you, you know, you accumulate a basket of these things. And, you know, I mean, a lot of these management teams that I'm invested in now, they've made me money in the past. So I already know they have a great track record. I have an established, you know, um, rapport with them. I'm familiar with them. They've made me money in the past. So I'm going to give them a little more leeway, a little more rope. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to average down in those stocks first as opposed to companies I'm less familiar with. Yes, that makes sense. 
So eight years ago, uh, when I started, obviously, I didn't have as much technical knowledge as I do now. I have, you know, I'm not technically trained by any means. However, uh, back then I was told, you know, find good technical people to vet projects. And if they sign off on the due diligence, investing behind them at the right time could be a smart thing. Now, when you look at this, for especially for new retail investors listening to us, there's an exploration company. They put out a good hole and a major or a big entity in the mining sector then writes a 10, 20, $30 million check. Now, from your historical perspective, how often does that work out well for that exploration company? How much credence should a new retail investor put in that check signing? Well, you know, I mean, it's... It 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 justifies what they're what they're doing. If a major is going to pony up some cash, but remember that take a look at the major and see how much they're putting into it. How much is it in relation to their bottom line? If it's like a Barrick or a Newmont, and they're giving them you know twenty, fifteen, twenty million or twenty five million, that's lunch money to them, right? They're they're take they're taking a flyer on this, right? But it it does give it more credence and it gives and and it, and it justifies the what they're doing more to the market but these guys can pull out also you know I've, I've seen it happen before and it's happened to me before i i came into a company because a barrett came into it and they got they they lost patience because you know it was in the yukon and everything in the yukon a it's seasonal you know the, the season's like five months b the government is super slow there's not a lot of infrastructure and this was a company that they got into it and there wasn't any infrastructure you know they were flying in and they were flying in to an airstrip and then taking a helicopter to the project so that's super expensive to explore and it's super risky you know but what they came up with was attractive enough to attract a major like Barrick and they gave them uh, sizable, I think it was like 20, 25 million, something like that. But then a year or two later, they pulled out because they were, they, they got, they lost patience just like any investor would. Right. So that's not a guarantee. That's not a guarantee when, when you see a, a major come into a stock. But, you know, if, if you do your due diligence on why they came in and see what they see, and if you know the people, it helps a lot also that, hey, this looks like it's justification enough for me. I'm going to take a position and start accumulating because it looks like, and it also depends on what stage they're at also. You know, if it's early, early stage, it's more risky. But if it's, if they're at, if they're at the feasibility stage, then that's, that's more reassurance to me that, hey, I, this is something I might like to, I, I'm, I might be interested in. Excellent. Well, Dave's website is juniorminerjunkiewithay.com. If you're not familiar with his work, head on over there. He has a free email list. He'll email you his uh, Friday night commentary on the gold and junior sector. And if you're looking for more guidance and his specific picks, uh, you can sign up for his service. You'll find information there. Dave, as always, thanks for coming on the show. And I'll reach back out to you about the third, fourth week of December for an update. Look forward to it, Bill. Thanks a lot for having me on again. Always appreciate it.
Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.